Hey, good morning. So we're talking the past, uh, past probably maybe two weeks already about the idea of a spider. The Sir Nachman's telling us in the Sicha, we're talking about a lot of different pratim about it, and, and I, I think we said at the beginning, it's going to be very hard to really get through everything that there needs to be said. And the Sugya, we're really, it's not a sheer about a spider, it's really a middle of Sicha Saran, but just uh, talking a little bit more, maybe for a few more days, just about some of the Nyanim. We'll talk some practically about how to do it. But just uh, one, one more Indian that we really touched upon this, I think, already last week, but it's I to just read inside again from Ruf, you know, Ruf, uh, Sefer Eshbech of Sichi, Rav Carmel. Just, uh, he has another Nakuda which we spoke about again briefly, but it's good to read, read his words inside because he just, he brings it down, out in a very, very clear way. It says, Rav spoke about his He said, it's good to have a Spaididus that you're able to talk to Hashem as if you're talking to your good friend. What does that mean to talk to Hashem as if you're talking to your good friend? Right? And the words already, some people say it sounds a little bit heretical. You're treating Hashem like your friend. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not giving Hashem the proper respect. I'll explain exactly what that means, that Hashem is your chavar toiv. What it means to talk to Hashem like he's your close friend. When I come to talk to my, my good friend, I don't sit and I don't write on a piece of paper, what, what am I going to say to him? Right? When I set up a meeting with somebody, whether it's Rosh Hashiva or Gvir, somebody big that I want to talk to an important meeting, I know I have a limited amount of time, what I do is, before I come into the meeting, I say, okay, what are the subjects that are most important to me to discuss? Right? As an Eretz Yisrael, I, go to, I, you know, I, went to, I went to talk to Rabbi Berkowitz. So Rabbi Berkowitz has an interesting zach by him, where because of his many, many, uh, many time constraints, he's a full time rav of a kihila in Sanedji Machavet, very large, and he's one of the, probably the first American rav in that whole shkuna. So maybe he's the Reisham Adabram of the American rabbanim in that shkuna, Ramadashkol, Maladafna, Arze, that whole area is really, he's, you know, he's really the Reisham Adabram. He's also Reish Kailal of a Kailal with, you know, 65 guys in the Kailal. He's also the Reish Kailal of all the guys that already left the Kailal and are alumni all over the world. Plus, he's also the Reshiv of Eish, but not just Eish in Yerushalayim. Eish globally, he's the top of the, the top of, he's the one that's, you know, where Abnayach went. He took over Abnayach and he's answering all shalats for Eish globally. See, Baruch Hashem, he has very, very little, uh, little time on his hands. Doesn't sleep a lot. That's one of his big eights. He doesn't sleep. But he, uh, he really has very, very limited amount of time. So one of the things they did years ago is that when you meet with him, you have the ability, when you're in Kyle, you have the ability to either take a three-minute meeting or a 15-minute meeting. I remember when I walked in for my, my fahar, whatever, to get into the Kylo. So you meet with him and I walk in and there's a timer sitting right next to him and he presses a button and it says three minutes and he presses a button. And then at the end, the timer, like I start schmoozing with him, I start talking to him and the timer beeps and somebody knocks on the door and the next guy walks in. I was like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You have three minutes with him and that's how you get with him. And you could get once a month, you get every week, you get a three-minute meeting with him maximum of once a week and maximum once a month you get a 15 minute meeting with him and the time there's a clock that sits there and it's time 15 minutes and they put the t- timer on he hits the timer and when the buzzer ends the next guy knocks on the door and the guy knows he's standing outside he listens to here you hear totally hears the beep next guy knocks and they whatever that's the way they move meetings along part, part of it also has to do with his his personality he's very very sweet he would never if he if they didn't have the system set up you can sit and probably talk to him for six hours and he would never kick you out of the office he has too much masikas to ever tell anyone like i have to go somewhere so it could be that was part of the husband also is you know aside from his time constraints he also is too nice to actually say i have to go like you have to you have to stop asking me you know questions so when i go in to talk to him right so I, I know i'm coming to her to still have 15 minutes to talk to him so one of the things i do is i take out a piece of paper or in my head and i say okay what are the three most important topics i need to talk to him about and how can i 
make sure that I move the, move the conversation along quick enough that I get to everything that I need to discuss in those 15 minutes. I know that I have 15 minutes and that's it. I can walk him out maybe a minute later to share, but not much more. I have to figure out mal daber, eich daber, daber. What I want to say, how I want to say it, how long it's going to take me, how many minutes I want to spend on each subject, how many, t- how many times I want to ask questions. It's, it's all with the cheshman. When I come to talk to my good friend, I don't do that. When I come to talk to a friend who I don't think that there's a time constraint with, and I don't think that he's only going to listen to me if I say certain things and he can, I can only ask him certain types of questions. So there's no prep. I come and I sit and we go out to eat and I'm not thinking in the car about what am I going to discuss, right? I don't bring the, what's the game they play on dates? What's it called? Um, these dating games, right? Un-game. They, huh? Un-game. The ungame where the perfect matches, you play these games. I'm not bringing a game when I go out to eat with my friend at a restaurant, hopefully, right? Because hopefully we, uh, we don't have to think and figure out, you know, what's the next card? How, you know, how was your yeshiva years? We don't have to go through that process. He's my friend. I like him. We like each other. We're happy to, you know, to sit and schmooze. So there doesn't need to be a prep to figure out, okay, what should we schmooze about? Not only that, I'm also not thinking my life. What's he going to think about me, right? When I go on a date, or when a guy goes on a date with a girl, a potential wife, so he's thinking, first of all, what should I say to her? You know, what subjects, but also what's she gonna think about me? Right, what can I say to her that's gonna make her think of me as the best person possible? What's he gonna say externally? And what are they gonna say internally? What do I need to say? What can I say that will make that person like me? A person's going to a, a, you know, a gavir, who wants to get money from the gavir, they're thinking about, okay, how can I sell my organization in a way that that person's gonna recognize it and believe in my organization, that they, they're gonna wanna give me a good check. And there's a whole, you know, you talk to somebody in, in fundraising and you figure out what the pitch is, how to give a good elevator pitch, to do it properly, to do it in a short amount of time, to give over everything perfectly, beautifully, give it over, what the, what the guy wants to hear, what's the Gvir's passion, and hopefully you go in, you utilize the time properly, and you get what you need to do. And he when I'm talking to my friend, I don't go through that process. I don't think about what to talk about, I don't think about how long to talk to him about, and I don't think about what is he going to think about me if I say this. I come to him, and I come to pour in my heart, I come to schmooze with him. Something's bothering me, and I have a good close friend. Like we spoke about last week, I'm happy to go and sit and schmooze with the guy and I'm not worried about how he's going to judge me, what he's going to say about me, what he wants to hear, what he doesn't want to hear. I, I feel like I have the space to be able to share what's going, what's going on in my life. I'm talking to a friend who understands me. I try to talk to somebody that's able to understand the reality of what I'm going through. If my friend doesn't get me and, and lives in a different society than I'm in and won't get the challenges that I'm with, it's not, I won't talk to him. But somebody who can get me understands me, understands who I am, what my milas are, what my chesreinus are, what the challenges of the world I'm living in, in I'm living in, that's the person that I want to talk to. I want to talk to somebody who's going to listen to me. He's sitting to listen to what I'm saying. He's with me 100%. He's not looking at his watch. He's not looking at his clock. He has nowhere else to go other than to sit with me and to hear me out. I'll never pour out my heart and I'll never give myself over to somebody who doesn't have the time to listen to me. I want to talk to somebody who I feel like is with me, is listening to me, and is, and is, and is understanding what I'm going through and what I'm talking about when I talk to them. If the guy the whole time is like, listen, I have five minutes, pour out your heart in five minutes, tell me all your problems in five minutes, and I gotta go in five minutes. I don't wanna talk to that person, right? We were talking, we were talking last week about, the person goes to therapy, and the therapist says, okay, like, you know, the time, your time's up. And you're like, I'm, I'm in the middle of pouring out my heart. I'm in the middle of telling you about like, you know, the, the deepest traumas that I go through. And you're like, yeah, but your hour's up. And you paid for an hour and uh, it's time to go. That makes it very, very challenging for me to really be able to pour my heart out because 
I'm on a time, I'm on a clock, there's a clock sitting above my head that I'm, you know, the guy keeps looking at it. It's, it's very, very challenging. I'm also not going to pour on my heart before somebody who doesn't know how to really respond to what I'm going through. I'm for sure not going to pour out my challenges to somebody who's going to judge me and say, really? You did that yesterday? That's what you're involved in? You're a terrible, you're a terrible person. Please never talk to me again. I don't want to speak to you again. Get out of my life. And you know, I'm going to tell your wife and your mother and your, and your parents and your grandparents what you did. And uh, we're done. Our, our relationship's done. I'll never pour my heart to somebody like that because he's not going to get me. He's not there for me. He's not supportive for me. I want to pour my heart to somebody who gets me, who understands me, who has a time to listen to me. And somebody who won't judge me will say, okay, you know, that's part of the process of life. There's ups, there's downs. And let's figure out how we can get back to a healthy place where you're able to get over what you, what you went through. Before somebody so big and great, a big Rosh Hashiva Rebbe, I don't have the ability to be able to give over to give over every little detail of what I'm going through, it, the, the big Rosh Hashiva doesn't have time for me. You think the big Rosh Hashiva, the big Rebbe wants to sit with me in here, but all my little anxieties that I'm going through, he doesn't have time. Maybe I can get five minutes with him, 10 minutes with him. I can give him over in a very, very short synopsis of what I'm going through. But really, to, to talk it out properly, I need a good friend. I need somebody who can sit with me in a restaurant for an hour over shawarma, and I can push a port out my heart to the person. They'll hear me, they'll listen to me, they won't judge me, they'll understand me, and hopefully they'll help me be able to figure out how to get where I need to get to. A good friend is somebody who has all these milas, somebody who listens, somebody who's dear with you, somebody who understands you, somebody who doesn't judge you, somebody who wants to help you, somebody who's pasha with you. This is the same thing. What, what does Nachman mean when he says, you have to talk to Hashem like you're talking to your good friend? He doesn't just mean that you have to, Hashem's your pal. Hashem's your best friend and you treat him like your best. What he means is that he's a chavr toiv, that he's somebody who's sitting there and listening to every word you have to say. Hashem has no other meetings to go to that day. Hashem just wants to sit with you and as long as you have to talk to Him, as much as you want to get involved in every little detail, every anxiety and every fear and every mindset, everything that you want to deal with, Hashem is there and Hashem says, okay, perfect, tell me more. And Hashem's also not judging you. Hashem's not saying, really? You went through that? You did that? I told you not to do that. It says in the Torah, it says in Allah not to do that. So I'm saying, okay, that's part of the world. There's the Yetzirah and I created the Yetzirah. I know about the Yetzirah. I know what the Yetzirah did to you. Let's figure out how we can get past that which you went through. Ki Hashem is Baruch Metzapa. Hashem is waiting. Umiyachel and Hashem is excited. L'rega hazeh. The moment that we sit before Hashem and we're ready to have an honest, open conversation with Him, Hashem is excited for them. The Medrash says, what's Yelet Shashuim that Hashem compares us to? To a two or three-year-old kid. You know what's beautiful about little kids? You know what's beautiful about a little kid who may not even have a great vocabulary? What's beautiful about a little child is Little kids never think about what should I say. Yeah, little kids say the first thing that comes to their head that's so beautiful. They have absolutely no filter. Right? And, and it leads to some very, very uncomfortable situations for those who have younger siblings or kids know that sometimes it can be very, very uncomfortable. Is that guy Jewish? Is that wearing a yarmulke? And why is that guy's skin color different? And why, why is this guy doing this? They leave, but what are they, they have no filter. They say whatever they're thinking. They don't think about what should I say? What does the adult want me to say? What, what's gonna make them think about me as a good child? A little three, four year old kid just says what's ever in the heart. Right now they say, I hate you, mommy. I never wanna see you again. Oh, that's what they're feeling right now. And a minute later they say, I love you, the greatest mother in the world, because that's what they're feeling. They don't say, oh, how could I say I hate you if, if I, 
I don't know. This is what I'm feeling right now. This is the reality of the feeling I'm feeling. I hate you. I love you. You know, you're the best. You're the greatest. I, I, this friend's not my friend anymore. I'm never going to play with you again. They just talk real without any filter. They don't think about what should I say? What is the person? What is my four-year-old friend? What is my parent? What does my teacher want me to say? They don't think about maladabar, echladabar, vekamaladabar. They also don't think about how much to speak. A little kid, you can sit with a three-year-old kid. And if you're listening to the kid, which is one of the most important things for you know, educators and parents to do is to listen to the children. If you're sitting and listening to the kid, the kid could tell you about their day for two hours. And it was a day that they went to play group and nothing really exciting happened. There was no major incident. They could tell you for two hours about this one. And then they went out to this play and we went to play over here. And then my kid, you know, my, my friend chased me over there and then I found a rapper on the floor. And, and they don't think about, oh, well, the pro- person's probably not interested in all of this. They're happy. You're listening to them. They're happy to just speak. They just want to speak. They don't think about what, we or when. They're just speaking. They're just, they're just pouring their heart out. The little kid has no daigas. Oh, what's the adult going to think about me? How can I make the adults like me? How can I make everybody else like me? They just talk straight. The listening like a ch- like a father listening to a little three-year-old kid. He knows everything. We're not teaching him anything. We're not like, by the way, Hashem, you know what I did last night? Hashem knows what you did last night. We're doing it for us so we can have that real relationship with him. And that's what he's saying. It's, it's like a good friend and you have to be the little kid. You have to not think about what should I say? How should I say? What, you know, a big part of the, the this is, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. There is no way. There's no, there's no script written for this. The same way there's no script written for when you go out to eat with your good friend when, or when you have, you have an issue going on in your life and you want to talk to somebody. Just sit and talk to the person. Just talk honestly and openly. Don't worry. It's, 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 it's you know, I was telling somebody the other day, there's a, the, gym, the gym across the street. They actually just took down the sign recently. The gym across the street used to have a big sign on the front, on the top, you say judgment free zone. Right, on top of the gym, and I said, well, see, you know, wanted to, maybe they stole the sign, they want to put on the shtibol, but they, uh, you know, judgment-free zone, but, but by Hashem also, and it's, it's also, it's judgment-free zone. So should, Hashem's not judging you. There's no, well, what's Hashem going to say if I tell him that I, I don't want to daven? He's probably going to be angry at me. No, Hashem wants you to talk to him honestly. He wants you to talk to him like a three-year-old kid who says, I don't want, I don't want to daven now. I don't, I don't want to learn. I don't, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to get out of bed. That's what Hashem wants, and that's what it means, kachavar tlaiz. It doesn't mean like a, like a good friend that you're, you know, you're not being Hashem properly. It means that you recognize that Hashem's your best friend in the world and he's listening to you and he wants to hear you out and he understands you and he has time for you and he doesn't judge you and he wants to help you and he's there for you 100, 100% and therefore you don't have to think about what to say, how to say, where to say, when to say. You don't have to worry about what he's going to think about you. Just be open. Just talk, 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 talk. Be able to pour out your heart. To really feel that. To just feel like, like little kids and we should feel like the Rebbe is just our best friend in the world.